live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is Thursday the 2nd. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, suing us Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kabalik. Marsha, good morning. Hey, good morning. So our next guest has a tight schedule, so we'll get into some of the other uh, fun and foolery. Uh, in just a minute, but joining us via phone, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Welcome in. Hey, good morning to you. It's good to be with you this, today. Uh, thanks for being in. And um, so you've been in the news a good bit. Let's start with the, the heavy hitter first. Uh, $161.5 plus million dollar settlement with Teva and Allergan. Am I saying Allergan right? You, you are. This is a wonderful result for the state of West Virginia. Uh, we took a big risk by going all the way through trial to the last day. We rejected a couple last and final offers, and ultimately I think we were able to arrive in a place that will really help West Virginia. And I think when you look at the – now we're up to $296.5 million worth of settlement, and most importantly we're going to help ensure that the monies are going to be expended the right way. I think that's huge for West Virginia. Big for the Eastern Panhandle – obviously had a lot of discussions with folks in the Eastern Panhandle about the a drug epidemic, and I'm really optimistic that this is going to put lead on the target, and we're going to make some meaningful progress. You know, we've had Martinsburg's mayor on, Kevin Knowles, and um, he, he has a, a big heart for addiction and, and counseling yep. and, and abatement of addiction. And, um, you know, he was saying, I asked him, what are you going to use the money for when it trickles down to the municipalities? And he said, well, it depends. If we get a lot of money, we can do some really big things, you know, talking about treatment centers and that kind of thing. Do you have any idea how this is going to be matriculated out to the different towns and counties? Absolutely. So the way this is broken down, uh, 24.5% of the resources uh, will go out directly to the counties and the cities. And they're based upon a regional formula that all of the counties and the cities in the state agreed to. And then thereafter, there will be 72.5% of the monies. And that will be over a different pace because that will be within a foundation. And obviously, some of the payout levels for these different settlements can uh, last for many, many years. So it's not as if all the money is going to get spent in year one or two. It's actually going to be a very deliberate spend with respect to the uh, foundation uh, resources. Uh, but the goal ultimately is to do needs assessments in every one of the counties and the cities in order to really assess uh, what particular regions, what particular counties need so that you're not wasting money. And that's really critical. And that process will uh, begin. But quite frankly, first, we have to finish getting approval of the Memorandum of Understanding, the West Virginia First program, we have about 51 of the 55 counties. We're hopeful in the next two weeks we can lock the remainder down. That's critical because if you don't get everyone in, 
the money won't flow to anyone. And this is step number one. And then, of course, we have to proceed and dismiss the cases uh, that everyone had against these companies in exchange for the settlement. So this is going to take some time, some effort, but we obviously look forward to working with the legislature. We've been working a lot with the counties and the cities uh, to garner the approval of this important plan. And I think it's going to be very positive. When you look at, as, as you prepared for trial and, and eventually some of these settlements, when you look at what some of these uh, pharmaceutical companies did uh, to the people in the Mountain State, uh, what was the impact? You know, give me, give me like a, a soundbite for that. What was the impact from what well, they did? Virginia is the epicenter of the opioid epidemic. And uh, we believe that where there's culpability, there needs to be accountability. And that's what happened in this case. And we were able to get all of the evidence out into public view. So all the documents are out there for any citizen to review uh, because we went through the full trial. We literally stopped on the very last day when we reached an agreement. So I think that there's a lot of information so that people know the truth, the history of what happened with respect to the misleading marketing practices, the failure to uh, meet their duties under the law. And I'm hopeful that having all that information out there, along with the terms of the agreement, are going to ensure that we never, ever see something like this again. Now, to be clear, what one of the allegations we made, and it's a really difficult one, is that once people went on through the legitimate um, gateway, once they went through uh, the pain pill gateway, where they may have gotten a prescription, even though some people may not have needed that, of course, many of these same people then got addicted. And obviously addiction was underplayed. And eventually they went on to other types of illicit drug products. It could be heroin, it could be meth, fentanyl is huge. And we're actually seeing the impact of that now with respect to all the products that is flooding into our state, uh, fentanyl, heroin, meth, etc. So that's part of the consequence, the long-term consequence of this. There's still a lot of people that are very negatively affected because they once went through the gateway of uh, prescription pain pills. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey is with us. We only have a couple more minutes, according to your your timeline. Uh, Wanted to talk about uh, West Virginia receiving part of a $19 million settlement with Ford Motor Company. Yeah, this is another example. It was a national settlement, and uh, we believe that the company had engaged in some misleading marketing practices. And I'm a big believer, and I think most people in the Mountain State are, that if you make a promise to a consumer, let's say in this case about payload capacity or what the particular truck is going to do, you have to live up to it, right? It's a, it's a pretty simple proposition. And so the allegations uh, state that they did not uh, live up to it. And then ultimately, West Virginia uh, was able to participate in that settlement and I think uh, be able to bring in a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, for the Mountain State. And, you know, that's an example that uh, number was really largely based upon the number of trucks that people bought and what was going to happen. So, uh, look, we have been fortunate. We've been on a good run lately. We've uh, had a good winning streak in the courts, and we're helping West Virginia out as much as possible. Uh, but we have more work in front of us. I did an update yesterday. We have a, a long list of cases we're in the middle of that we're going to have to keep pursuing. 
Wanted to ask you, too, before I have to let you go, uh, you joined 24 other state attorneys general in calling on U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to enforce federal law against attempts uh, to, quote, intimidate U.S. Supreme Court justices, end quote, by protesting outside those homes. Where does that stand? Well, we've been pressuring Garland uh, to be more forceful uh, in terms of protecting uh, the judiciary. And unfortunately, he's really been fairly uh, quiet because, as many people may remember, after the leak of the draft opinion uh, with the Mississippi case, the Dobbs case, that uh, could impact Roe v. Wade, a lot of people said, wait a minute, and there were folks that were protesting out of the office. Now, First Amendment uh, speech should always be protected, but when it starts to rise to the level of intimidation, when you're blocking people's homes or some of these folks are getting death threats, that obviously crosses a real line, and we have to make sure that uh, our judges are protected and that they're not going to be intimidated by these mobs that want to come to their homes. And I think that we wanted to make sure that Merrick Garland was pushing that point and not a partisan agenda. Uh, so we we were able to join with our other colleagues in asking for that, and we keep asking for stronger uh, actions by uh, the Biden Justice Department. We just haven't seen enough. Uh, and it's unfortunate because we have to say no to intimidation of justices. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morsey, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Hey, thanks so much. And by the way, if folks want to learn more about the drug settlement or the MOU, they can go to WVHO.gov. Uh, everything's laid out there, and we hope people take a look and let us know if they have any questions. All righty. Thanks so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And that was West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. He has certainly been busy the uh, last couple of weeks, hasn't he? Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I almost asked him, who else are you going to sue as far as opioid, you know, the pharmaceuticals? There, you know, are there others? <laughs> you know, right. wanted to know about that. So, absolutely. but he was on a really short, um, short, uh, tight time schedule today. So, right. Absolutely. So if you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But we got to get to our first break. And we'll be back for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, Swing West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, but West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey in to, well, uh, on the phone to talk about well, all the court dealings he's been dealing with and uh, all the money that's been going around with opioid settlements and things like that. So if you missed any of that, listen back to it. A little bit later on today. Right. And some of it was very nuanced. So if you, yeah. you thought maybe you misheard or you wanted to, to get the details, you can hear, you can listen back. So I was writing notes and I, it, yeah, I was writing You're notes. a good note taker. I try. Hey, yeah. so uh, you've been running around like a chicken with its head off this morning. Uh, like the day before you take a day off, it's always like that. Yeah. That's of course. To take a day off, you got to do Eight times the work. Yeah, you but know you're how gonna, it goes. it'll be great to be off for your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, what's well, tomorrow? But right. yeah, well, thank you. Well, I won't see Still don't know what I'm going to be doing yet, but. Hey, it's a day off, though. A day off That's is true. a day off. 
That is true, but um, there is some breaking, well, not breaking as of yet. There are rumors going around that I think unconfirmed. have... Unconfirmed. Uh, unconfirmed rumors that I think um, have a lot of base to them, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Uh, and it has to do with the Shepherd women's basketball coach. Now, of course, uh, we were talking about earlier, well, last month, about Jenna Eckleberry leaving uh, and going to Frostburg. Then that created this big vacuum, and then Abby Beeman goes to transfer to Marshall University and a couple... Players leave, uh, and it was really just they needed to figure out and fill that coaching spot. And from what I've heard, uh, they have filled the position. Now, It uh, from what I've heard from a couple of different people now, it's Julie Kaufman. Now, she was an assistant coach for Mount uh, the Mount St. Mary's women's basketball team. Oh, which they, has they been, were really good, right? They have been really good for a while now. Uh, a couple of NCAA tournament bids in the last few years, not losing a ton of games. And uh, she was an assistant coach on that um staff but if this is anything to kind of i guess uh pretend what what right. her success could be right uh i think the head coach at the mount for women's she went on to a big d1 uh of course this julie kaufman's coming to shepherd their other assistant coach went to a, another d2 up in new york to be a head coach so all these assistant coaches are becoming head coaches mm-hmm. which means that these assistant coaches are coming from a great program so that uh makes me feel a lot better having um you know julie kaufman coming mm-hmm. in to be the head coach uh leaving shepherd coming into shepherd especially with coach echoberry leaving and you know the groundwork she has laid the last you know however many years so um yeah, Julie Kaufman. Now, unconfirmed right. officially, right. but for the most part, confirmed. Julie Kaufman uh, will be the next Shepherd women's basketball head coach. Hopefully, you'll be able to get Chauncey on. They can talk about you know the, the whole process mm-hmm. and, and confirm it, of course, officially. Um, I think they just weren't ready to make it a, an official announcement. However, um, it's, a, it's great that they're getting this locked down early because they're still trying to recruit. <laughs> still trying to recruit, and with... You know, the transfer portal thing being what it is, you're not only trying to recruit, but keep people there, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, it, and if there's a vacuum at the top, yeah. people are going to be like, well, you know, Because that's something I... that I'm sure coaches and uh, athletic directors and things haven't had to worry about before is once you have them, keeping mm-hmm. them. Yeah, you know? right, right. Instead of once you have them, they're there, and then they're there for them. four years, and you don't really got to worry about it. You can't have TBD at the top of your um, right. coach's spot. So. But it seems like that that uh, will not be TBD for... Too much longer because the word on the street is Julie Kaufman, former Mount St. Mary's women's basketball assistant coach. Uh, Julie Kaufman will or should be named the head coach of Shepherd Women's Basketball. I mean, that would be kind of cool if she brought some folks that she'd been working with over at Emmitsburg, you know, to the Shepherd program because they're not that far away. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Things are looking up. Yeah, I'm glad that they finally have uh, seemed to have. Build this position. That I, is for I hope sure. she likes radio. I know, because we're going to be getting her on here, that is for sure. Uh, and like you said, hopefully we'll have um, not just Julie Kaufman, but also uh, Chauncey Wimbush on, the athletic director at Shepard, uh, here in the next few days to, well, get that confirmed officially. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. So also very cool, uh, we have a, an Eastern Panhandle presence in the um 2022 wvssac baseball tournament that's right and uh pending any weather crazy weather today because i think we're supposed to get crazy weather today um uh pending any weather incidents uh the tournament will start today with the single a or the i apologize the double a uh semifinals with logan and shady spring getting started at 
4.30, and then RCB, Robert C. Bird, and Fairmont Sr. getting going 50 minutes after that game. But for Panhandle and uh, for folks that are wanting to listen or watch Jefferson play, they play tomorrow against George Washington at 5 p.m. And we will have uh, not just that game, but every AAA game right here on the Panhandle News Network, WPM, WCST. So, yeah, you can check it out that way. Mm-hmm. You can be go pretty on, good. You can go on metronews.com and and see the stream. You can also, of course, as you said, the AAA games we're going to have on our airways. Right. So, And Jefferson, uh, well, they should be able to get past George Washington, but then it'll be a tough matchup. Depend, doesn't matter who they play in the uh, semifinals between whether or either uh, Hurricane or Bridgeport. I made yeah, sure they, to say Hurricane today. <laughs> And not Hurricane, because I think I did. And then as soon as... Did you just catch yourself or did someone text you? Well, no, it was when we were talking to uh, Jared Parsons, our uh, station manager. And he's from down Hurricane oh, Way. Okay. And he said, uh, asked me, who you think is going to win between Bridgeport and Hurricane? As soon as he said it, I heard myself an, 20 minutes before mm-hmm. here on the show saying, yeah, Bridgeport's playing Hurricane. And I was like, oh, oh tell me you're not a West Virginia without telling me you're not a West Sorry. Virginia. Right? You know what? You'll get it. It'll become more natural. But isn't <laughs> well, it? I inter- knew it. I at least knew it. I just isn't didn't it say interesting it. that like the playback was right there <laughs> accessible and you're like, oh, man, uh, like, man. did I say that? Sometimes I wonder like if I were- said something on air and I just <laughs> said it in the studio with the mics off. It's just madness. I, I just could see somebody in the car. Just one person hear me say hurricane. They're like, ha, he doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> But yeah, that all will be uh, taking care of all your high school baseball needs right here on 93.7-1340 WEPM WCST with Jefferson taking on George Washington in the first round of the NC or the NCAA, the uh, WVSSAC high school baseball tournament down uh, at Power Park in Charleston, West Virginia. And Jefferson so plays at five o'clock. Their weather is could be completely different. Completely different. My mom lives in southern West Virginia. I always tease her. Her weather comes a day before mine. Yeah. You know, especially if it's like hurricane season. and the Hurricane. <laughs> no. Hurricane season. Hurricane season. It's not hurricane season. Okay. <laughs> well, we will have you covered here uh, with your baseball tomorrow. With Jefferson taking on George Washington at 5 o'clock. But we have to take a break. We'll be back for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm suing us Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we were, well, breaking news i guess technically the unconfirmed news but mm-hmm. we do have very reliable sources on julie kaufman becoming the new head coach for shepherd women's basketball she's coming over from the mount mount st mary's uh very good program over there and i think she should be able uh, to continue the winning ways at shepherd so if you missed our conversation on that you can listen back to it a little bit later on our panhandle Live facebook and spotify page 
Next, though, as you know, around here, we're history geeks. Mm -hmm. So um, some of you may know about Morgan Morgan, the first settler of what is now West Virginia um, in in what is now Berkeley County uh, and the historic Morgan Morgan cabin down in South Berkeley County. Well, uh, they've got big doings going on in conjunction with the 250th of the county. So joining us via phone, Matthew Howard, who's a volunteer and researcher for the historic Morgan Cabin Association. Uh, Welcome in. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, nice to talk to you, Martian and Jordan. Nice to have you on. So uh, how long have you been affiliated with the Morgan Cabin Association? I was recruited about two years ago by a wonderful man, Mr. John Thornton Hillary, a retired geologist. And he, along with many of the other cabin members of, of the volunteer group, some of them have been part of this organization for 45 years. Wow. So I'm a newcomer for sure. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, hit the ground running, right? So what what's the most fascinating thing that you've discovered about a structure like the Morgan Morgan Cabin? Well, I, I got to say, back in 1976, during the bicentennial, the Berkeley County did a fantastic job of rebuilding the original 1731 cabin. And the, the attention to detail was incredible. That structure is amazing and even has a, a port where you can push outward in case Indians attack. And it's, it's amazing. And, and Berkeley County has a lot to be proud of there. Recently, our research efforts have led to um, outlying structures. Uh, several years ago, we did a, a study where we actually found the original Morgan Kitchen House where the food was prepared, and recently, uh, through a drone survey, I found a uh, the original spring house. Wow. And that's significant because we, we like to do a study there because uh, James Morgan, who was Colonel Morgan Morgan's grandson, he was a chaplain in the Continental Army in 1777, and when he returned to the Morgan cabin where he and his family were living, the local Tories, or British loyalists, uh, captured him and executed him in front of that spring house. Ooh. Oh, well. So locating the actual spring house, and I've even found the doorway, we, we hope to be able to recover some of those uh, lead slugs that were used. Seventeen shots were fired at him, and, and sadly they made his family watch. So it was gruesome, but Oof. we hope to be able to connect that part of history through the research aspect of our volunteer group. Absolutely. That is, it's so interesting, especially when you're able to use technology, like I said, uh, you a, know, drone. The, a drone <laughs> to be able to find some of this stuff. What are some of the uh, pieces of technology other than the drone that you've been able to use to uh, kind of uncover more of the past of the Morgan Morgan cabin than, you know, what was previously thought to be uncovered? Well, to date, to be honest, our, our number one tool is, is a trowel and a bucket. Yeah. Oh, old school. <laughs> But, you know, we, we can incorporate, if we get funding in the future, we can use ground-penetrating radar. I use that in other sites that I've used for American Indian research. But we can use electric sensitivity testing, LIDAR. There's a lot of different scientific tools. Of course, they all cost money. Mm-hmm. But um, right now, uh, basically, a trowel and a bucket is, is our best tool. But drone, you know, actually located two outlying Indian villages just outside of the Morgan cabin because of the the vast resources there of a big, beautiful spring. There's a large black flint outcrop that that the American Indian used to make tools with, and uh, the the abundance of moose, elk, deer running through the valley here. It was a great place to live prior to Colonel Morgan Morgan. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you, what what was life like? 
for you know Morgan Morgan and the, and the people that lived in the Morgan cabin in this part of the country then? It was this is the Wild West at that time in history. 1728. At, at the age of 41, <laughs> he decided I'm going to leave the comforts of Delaware and move out to the Wild West. He was given a thousand acre land tract from Lord Fairfax. Uh, and he would move his family out, and the first cabin he would build would be off Gold Miller Road in 1728. And then for some reason, which I suspect was the better water source, the natural spring there called Tory Town Run today, he moved two years later in 1731 to build where the existing cabin location is. And, of course, he would build the kitchen house, a blacksmith shop, a stable, uh, probably a few other buildings as well. But he, everything you did, keep in mind, there was no Walmart, no Lowe's, no Amazon. So everything you did was with your own hands. So he had to build everything, just he and his family. How long did he live in that particular cabin? He lived there until he died in 1768. And uh, his family would take, his descendants would take over. And, of course, across the road from the existing Morgan cabin is another structure built by his son, Zach Quill. Morgan, which was built in 1761. Zach is very important because he would later leave, just like his dad did, and move west, and he would found Morgantown, West Virginia. Huh. How about that? I guess that does make uh, start to make sense why uh-huh. there's so many Morgan somethings around this state. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This, this state's history is so steeped in Morgan family history. They, they contributed so much, and they still do, of course. We, we have descendants, we have lawyers that contact us that are Morgans and want to just come out for a tour. And, of course, we're always happy to accommodate. We dress up in period costume. We give mm-hmm. tours to local kids, like homeschool groups. And uh, we, we just want to keep this story perpetuating of the amazing Morgan family history. So uh, to that end, you guys are going to be uh, figuring prominently in the Berkeley County 250 uh, you're, you've got the cabin open on July 18th, is that right? That's correct, Marcia. July 18th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., we're having a, a festival there, which will incorporate, we, we are really great or blessed to have um, Daniel Morgan's French and Indian War Rifle Reenactment Group coming, and of course they, they will demonstrate the muskets and all the other period acumens of that time. We have, uh, we're, we're very blessed to have Mountaineer Barbecue, Travis Bishop and his crew coming out, and uh, we'll have other different events going on throughout the day, including, uh, thanks to Matthew Umstead, you know, he's done such a fantastic job in the county planning of this event, uh, which he, he coined the phrase, Ye Old Berkeley Fest, and, uh-huh. and I just... I just love it. Anyway, he's arranged for a trolley bus to leave the Morgan cabin, drive over to the cemetery where Colonel Morgan Morgan and many of his family are buried. Now, also very close to that grave is Captain William Henshaw, who was a Revolutionary War hero. He's also buried there. What else did he do? Why does that name sound so Henshaw familiar Road, to me? Nah, maybe Road that's in it. Hill, I was yeah. going to say, maybe that's it. Yeah, he, he actually was very prominent in several battles on the Revolutionary War. And um, also at the chapel there, the origin, the first church ever built in West Virginia was built by Morgan Morgan. And today there's a, a church there today, we call it Morgan Chapel. 
that's going to be open, and we're very, very blessed to have the ladies of the Daughters of American Revolution have volunteered to man that for us. Wow. So um, does this cost for folks to come and, and tour Morgan Chapel or Morgan Cabin? No, ma'am. It's all free. But I'm sure you guys are accepting donations to help further your work um, yes. with the association? Yeah, we're happy to accept donations, but we never charge. And most of what we do as volunteers for our love of Berkeley County and, and West Virginia and, and the Morgan family history. Well, I wanted to ask you, I know our time's drawing short, but how much access do you have? I mean, you talked about a 1,000-acre land grant from Lord Fairfax for Morgan Morgan, but how much access do you have to the the cabin area? And as you mentioned, that that Indian settlement and Morgan Chapel, how much access do you guys have for your research to that area? Uh, we have very good access. Uh, we, we don't do any type of like archaeological digging on any historically registered property, but the outlying lands are privately owned. So uh, a lot of uh, the, the, the cabin, for example, is only on one acre of land. So there's over, you know, several hundred acres in that area that we have access to. The kitchen house, for example, is not on uh, Morgan, Ca- Morgan cabin lands. It's actually privately owned. So uh, a lot of this is accessible, and it's just a matter of, you know, getting the time and resources to put it all together. And we're speaking with Matthew Howard about the uh, Morgan Morgan cabin. Now, right before we let you go here, I want to ask you, what's, in your opinion, one of the more interesting things that you've either discovered, uh, whether it's artifact-wise or just story-wise, about the Morgans and Morgan Cabin? Well, when we were doing the kitchen house survey a couple years ago, we you know, we found a lot of... Uh, and again, we did that survey because we didn't know what the structure was used for, but we found a lot of evidence pointing to food, you know, chicken bones, cow bones, ceramics, glass, etc. But we also found a lot of American Indian artifacts in the foundation of that structure, one of them dating back over 8,000 years. Wow. wow. What was it, an arrowhead? Yes, it was called a lost lake, and it dates back to 6,000 BP or what is considered the archaic period in history. Wow, that is incredible. Right here in our backyard. Right here. Yeah, absolutely. So well, cool. again, Matthew Howard, thank you for joining us this morning and uh, talking to us more about the Morgan Cabin and how much history, uh, not just West Virginia history, but U.S. history is just right here on our doorstep. Thank you again. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Take care. Absolutely. Very cool. Very interesting Very stuff. Cool. I need to go out there and uh, check it out. Say, while he was talking, I was doing my own drone. Uh, I know. You were pulling my, my, your map up. And and I was doing my own drone uh, reconnaissance mm-hmm. here. And uh, this looks like a very pretty part of the county. And it's very neat when they open it up for those special events and you can walk the grounds and all yeah. that. So And, and cool. see people dressed up in period costumes and that. And it's just... It's a, a place that you drive by. Like sometimes I drive to, you know, point A to point B. Oh, there it is, Morgan, Morgan Cabin. And it, you just don't even realize what kind of history you're driving by. Absolutely. So if you missed any of that conversation, listen back to it a little bit later on today. But we got to get to our last break. And we'll be back for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live. With hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street 
And you can always find them online at SentinelGenel.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we had Matthew Howard on talking about the historic Morgan Cabin. Well, from the historic Morgan Cabin committee and that was a super super mm-hmm. interesting talk about the history of not just berkeley county morgan county but the whole state of west virginia and how it all well really started right around here so very some, cool stuff some of it a little dark yeah so, yeah definitely a little dark <laughs> so but listen back <laughs> hey that's the 1700s for you you know oh my gosh we were the wild west before the wild west was the wild west actually so yeah we love a good festival by the way awkward yep. segue alert um <laughs> joining us uh, hopefully by phone is emily from the ranson cvb is it burlette Yes, it is. Okay. Welcome in. Thanks for, for Hello, joining Emily. us. Thanks for having me. So um, the Ransom Festival and Car Show is kicking off this Saturday in Ransom at 10. Give us all the details. Yeah, so um, we are having our annual festival this weekend. Um, it starts at 10. Um, there will be uh, pony rides, a petting zoo, uh, mobile escape room. Ooh. Uh, we have some bounce houses. Um, we have the Beach Bums Band, um, who are a Jimmy Buffett tribute band. Love it. I, I would have um, figured that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and um, then we'll have our car show, um, which will go all day until 3 o'clock. Very cool. Now, uh, the ex- escape rooms. Have you ever done an escape room? I have, but I've never done a mobile escape room. <laughs> I feel so. like I say I haven't done one yet because I think I've seen one too many stories about people getting locked in there on accident and mm-hmm. then they've been in there for 30 hours. So it's nice to know that at least the mobile one, uh, you're not stuck in some building somewhere. But uh, very interesting, some of the uh, stuff that you have going on uh, at this uh, event with CVB. Yeah, and um, I also forgot to mention we will have vendors. So we have about... Um, 30 food and craft vendors that will also be there. That is so cool. So uh, crafts, food, and fun for all ages, obviously very much a family-friendly event, right? That is correct. So um, how long has Ransom been doing a festival like this this time of year? So we've been doing it, I want to say, about 10 years. Now we, of course, didn't get to do it last year Mm -hmm. or the year before due to COVID. So we are happy to be back, um, and it looks like we're going to have a fun day. So where physically, will this be around the, the circle, or uh, where will this be located? Right in the yeah, traffic so, circle. Yep, it's right in that circle. We block off uh, the street, and the cars for the car show will be lined up on Fairfax Boulevard. Wow. Nice. And then for the, the last following act, you open the street back up while everybody's still in the middle of the circle and just let everybody kind of drive around. <laughs> in circles. <laughs> that would be fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> Traffic's already bad enough down there as it, it is, yeah, right? there you go. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, um, so it, it starts at 10 and goes on until, does I, the car show ends at 3? Does the, does the festival end at 3, too? Three uh, also? That's correct. We'll, we'll start getting everybody uh, moving out around 3 o'clock. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, fair season is definitely uh, starting to hit us, and uh, nothing better than heading on down to Ranson for uh, the Ranson Festival and Car Show. Now, uh, I'm sure that there's going to be food there, right? That's correct. We do have about 10 um, food vendors. And now, is there going to be any of the crazy stuff like deep fried Oreos and things like that? Are you you aware of any of that stuff? Um, Let's see. I don't know of any deep fried Oreos, but I hope that they will be there. I was going to say. <laughs> They're my favorite also. <laughs> That's my favorite part about going to anything like this in the summertime is I always feel like nowadays there's going to be one person deep frying stuff that shouldn't be deep fried, and it always makes it that little bit better. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. And I think we actually have 12 food vendors, so wow. I'm sure one of them has to have some deep fried Oreos for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're all that great festival food. Absolutely. Food truck food. Absolutely. And where can people go to find out more information about uh, this car show and festival? Um, they can actually go on our social media sites, which is the Ranson CVB. Awesome. Well, or they can go to our website, which is rantsonwv.us. Perfect. Well, Emily, thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live to talk about the Ranson Festival and Car Show. It sounds like it's going to be a good time, not just for the adults out there that might be a little bit more interested than the cars uh, than other things, but for the whole family. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on Panhandle Live. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Take care. Yeah. Very cool. And that's it down your neck cool. of the woods there, Marsha. Yeah, it is. I, I know that I know that traffic circle well. I always get so confused at traffic, traffic circles. And I always wonder why people right. get so confused oh yeah circles. my youngest is you know she's like i, I love don't him. know why you have a problem with this I, mom i will say there is there are two awful traffic circles they're not in this state so we can kind of i guess okay. back off of it but you sh- you might know where i'm talking about so if you're going to frederick through harper's ferry mm-hmm. um and you're going up past uh brunswick and whatnot and you can get off of the road to get uh, oh, yeah, to like a Sheets and yeah, a McDonald's, there's McDonald's and yes. whatnot. Mm-hmm. There are two traffic circles. One right when you get off of whatever that road is called. 340. to go to Sheets and the McDonald's mm-hmm. and everything. There's one there that is so small right. and tight that you can't get around it easily. And then the one, if you're going back from that same spot, mm-hmm. back into Harpers Ferry and into West Virginia, that one is even tighter. And you mm-hmm. feel like you have to go like two miles an hour around a thing. Well, and it's confusing because you don't know where, yeah. like, whose turn is it kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know that one. I actually do well on the small one, on the small, yeah, but, uh, but I know exactly. the ones that have, like, the multiple lanes yeah, on the Yeah, like, who's, and... whose turn is it? it where, which lane am I supposed to be? And I, yeah, I'm, I don't do well with traffic. Well, well and I'll, I'll add another one. Uh, and this one is in West Virginia, and it's in my sister's housing development. It is the worst little roundabout in the world. It's right when you get in. Uh, to the complex and you got to like when you're leaving it's a you come into the circle at like too direct of an angle so uh-huh. you got to make a sharp right and then uh and then the curve of the thing is raised up so you scrape uh. your tire or you go up on a uh yeah maybe i'm yeah maybe i'm anti-traffic circle too now okay. that i think about let's, it yeah let's just make that our brand yeah <laughs> panhandle live we hate traffic circles no I do. I do think they are, they do help. They do definitely help the flow of traffic. Yes, and things like that. Uh, I think it does. Um, I'm sure there's a stat somewhere that it uh, cuts down on accidents mm-hmm. and things like that. Well, we're going to get some sort of award in Inwood, I'm sure, for getting you know because I live in South Berkeley, and mm-hmm. you know we're getting all the traffic circles. So for and, all the people are coming down. I guess, and it does it does improve the flow of traffic, but putting those things in takes a while, and it is a bear. Yes. So um, the whole Inwood interchange has been just, as I say, boogered up for yeah. months. And have they uh, taken that bridge down yet? It's almost down. I drove by it yesterday, yeah. and they, there you can see the, a couple of the pilings. Well, this was yesterday afternoon, so they may have dismantled it even more. And you can't drive through there, right? Yeah, it's- you can't. So they've got a bridge. Um, they They only alter the traffic in the evenings when they're when actively they're dismantling it yeah. and they, they, um, you know, detour folks around that time. But during the daytime that the bridge is okay. The problem with that whole setup right now is that it, you should be able to turn left. There should be like a left turn arrow and that's been not, you know, we haven't been able to do that for a while. So right. get kind of backed up back by that McDonald's and by the food line. But as my husband pointed out, because I said, we shouldn't go through there. We're going to be stuck for hours. He said, 
No, we weren't. We, we People were letting other people out. Because I think people are just finally over it. And yeah. I think it's been long enough now mm-hmm. of people getting mad at each other and cutting each other right. off. That people, people were, were yeah. yeah. like, all right, we'll just give through Yeah, this. people were just, people in, in what have been really sweet. I'm trying to think wise. if I can ever remember that stretch not having. A lot of traffic. Construction. Yeah. And I think the, maybe 2000 and. <laughs> You're making up a year. No, I'm serious. I think it was 2000. <laughs> it was my freshman year of college. So I think oh. it was like 2011-ish. You went through there and there was nothing? Yeah, I had a buddy that I was playing ball with in college that lived down here. And okay. We were bored and decided to drive. We weren't too far away, so we drove down here and got a home-cooked meal. And uh, we stopped somewhere around there. And I, I don't remember it being construction then. But mm-hmm. other than that, yes. Yeah, we're, we're big town. And we're getting a tutor. So, mm-hmm. you know, just forget about it. And I think a Duncan. So we're just going to be unbearable. Man, you're never going to come up here. You might start working from home. <laughs> and Marshall just be calling in. Just doing day. remote from tutors, remote from. from <laughs> yeah, Duncan. we're going to get you out at all that kind of stuff now, mm-hmm. as long as it's a tutors. <laughs> oh, I do love the tutors. But Marsha, you gave me a very interesting gift this morning. Okay, so you know you're old whenever there is a book of nostalgia about the year you were born, and I, uh, I couldn't believe they were selling them. Because I, I think you're pretty young, but but you must not be. Because not anymore, because I got one what of was these happening to remember in 19- when books. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, so what, what's interesting? So let's see here. I'm looking around. We have the 1993 timeline here. So what happened in June? U.S. carries out a missile attack on Iraqi intelligence <laughs> okay, headquarters moving in Baghdad. On. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> well, all right. June was an interesting month in 1993. That and you were is born. That was the most sure. interesting. For sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of war. <laughs> a lot of. A lot of not very nice things. Here we go. American-made motorcycle Harley Davidson turned 90 okay. in 1993. Um, and then. Back to war and <laughs> war and trees. All right, you know what people want to know? The cost of bread. Like, is, is that, that in, here? in there? It probably is. Let's like see. bread cost and, of bread and gas and stuff like that. Oh, All gas. Right, so gasoline. Break everyone's here heart. Here we go. Here we go. Break here everyone's go. heart. In 1993, gas was so cost of living. Gas dollar sixteen. Dollar <laughs> sixteen. Can you believe it? My goodness. Fresh baked. Fresh baked bread. Dollar fifty seven. It is at least twice that. Most of the, well, I don't know about fresh baked, but like the little. A well, it's nice to know that movie tickets have always been expensive. Four dollars and fourteen cents for a movie ticket. Um, new house cost you one hundred thirteen. Okay. Well, now everyone's new car twelve grand. Average rent five hundred thirty-two bucks. <laughs> everyone's just sad now. <laughs> we all want it to be like nineteen ninety-three again. Cell phones were nice and big. These are cool. I always you know what else things. was big. Hair was still kind of big and shoulder pads. Yeah, it was still 80s yeah. adjacent. Yeah. 80s adjacent. Like, uh, here are some of the top songs from 93. I Will Always Love You, Whitney uh-huh. Houston. Oh, yeah. Uh, have I Told You Lately by Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we have here? Shoop by Salt and Pepper. Shoop, shoop, babe. That's a good song. I'm sure you, yeah. Um, that's a faithful rendition. Yeah, of that it. was pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, Janet. That's the way love goes. That's a great song. And then movie-wise, you had The Piano, Philadelphia, Sleepless in Seattle, oh, wow. uh, Jurassic Park, Free Willy. All Classic. Kind of stuff. Wow. I know. Those came out the same year you did. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you feel old yet? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, and we have to leave. So, oh, uh, happy birthday. Thank you so much. And uh, for Marshall Falk, I'm Jordan Icewars with Paint Handle Live on WPM and WCSD, the Paint Handle News Work. Talk to you later. We're proud to live here, too.